Wolf and Luke. We could create a whole world in the mind of the listener simply by using sound effects. Ron Wolfley. <laughs> Luke Lipinski. Huh. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Hour number two of the show on this Tuesday morning. Oh, it's a Take Tuesday. Yeah, it's every right. it's party time right yeah. now. There's um, remember we talked about that like the first week of the season. I remember going into that game against the Titans. It was okay. Well, if the Cardinals go out there and they win, and JJ Watt and uh, what was the, the exact line was if JJ Watt and Chandler Jones could combine for like three sacks. Yes. we're gonna party on Tuesday, Wolf. You just got to be able to do that, though. Chandler had five. Chandler had five, and the Arizona Cardinals right now at eight and one. You know, it's something that you've got to do. You've got to enjoy it, Basin audience, while it's happening. You do. You get a hey! Maybe this is what Campaign was listening to before last night's game. Let's go. Everybody do it, wherever you are. Sarah Cazell is here without headphones on and is still dancing. Here we go. Hands in the air, ladies and gentlemen. How is she this is the way this? we roll on a Tag Tuesday. The Arizona Cardinals are 8-1. and one. Taste it. Ludacris going in. Hey, yeah. No, Ludacris <laughs> is here. All right. Going to drop some bombs and some bars, I might add. Um, where are we going in this beautiful part We're of the We're going to talk about the You're Suns. You're probably wondering about this right now, <laughs> but we are going to talk about the Suns, yeah. who have won five in a row. That's true. They have, uh, they've won five straight, but you brought this up before, Wolf. They, at times, seem, uh, for lack of a better term, bored right now. Or maybe you don't even need a better term. Maybe that's just it. This is what I've always I've always wondered, uh, not just with the Suns last year in the NBA Finals, you know, how you're going to respond the next year, but when a team goes on a deep run and they get close to winning the whole thing, how do you then bring that level of energy at the start of the next regular season when just human nature in the back of your mind is to be like, I really wish this was game five against the Bucks. Yes. You know? Yes. Especially really... the way that series. Ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, listen, generally speaking, yeah, I, I think the Suns are a little bored, Basinonians. They, they know they're good. Um, I'm not saying they're complacent. Again, there's a big difference between being bored and complacent. Um, I, I think they know they're good. I think they know they're better than most teams. But there seems to be something in the way when you watch them play, especially over, I would say, this five-game homestand. Think of the games that we have seen here, Luke, against, I don't know, maybe some inferior teams as well overall. Would you look at the five games? Yeah. Um, Definitely three of uh, four of them. I mean, I, I'm sure exactly. Atlanta would say, hey, we made sure, a deep run too, but I'll take the Suns over Atlanta. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, I, I guess teams they should have beat. Yeah. Um, going into that and looking at it and watching these games, it was amazing to see the Suns suddenly were, were not playing very hard, or, or, or at least appeared not to be playing hard. And then what happened? They got threatened. Whenever they were threatened in the games, whenever it started to get late and they needed to make a run, they needed to find that switch, they needed to hit that go button, they found it. And they went out and won the game. It is funny that we're talking about five wins and finding a fault, whereas like the last time they played Portland, third game of the season they lost 134 to, to 105 and you're just kind of like all right 
you know, Portland shot lights out. That's a loss. Move on. Yeah. But the the wins have been strange. All all five of these games, really, and maybe not the Atlanta one as much, but that Cleveland game on October thirtieth. It took them a while to show up for that game. They were they couldn't hit threes early, and they were they were losing to Cleveland by double digits. Yes. The New Orleans game was the was the game where they had to come surging back. That was the game with a fifty to twelve run yes. mixed in there. The Houston game, where I mean, the Rockets put up 111 and had that game close in the second half. Atlanta, okay, that was a nice win. And then last night against Sacramento, the Suns were up by 24, and then with just seconds to go, they were up by three. Yeah, I know it's incredible. They they just don't seem they don't seem to be playing the Suns basketball that we saw last last season, last postseason in particular. And, you know, I think we're still early enough in the season where you're looking at it and saying, you know, they've played nine games. Give them a break. They, they're play, they've they played nine games. They're still trying to find themselves. I don't think anybody's panicking. They just look Nobody is. Different. Exactly. They do. I don't think anyone's panicking out there as well. We certainly are not. We are the Wu-Fang clan. I can tell you that. But still, there seems to be something that is missing right now, something that is in the way of this team and it's whenever they're threatened they respond that's a good thing it's a great thing they're actually able to find that button and push and push that button and say you know what here we go oh now you're gonna threaten us okay well you, you get ready for this and that's exactly what they've been able to do that's a great thing that you can find that switch but man um they got to get a little bit more consistent in their approach. Well, Monty Williams did have this to say after the game last night. The parity around the league is at the highest level I, I've seen in a while. I mean, there's no easy games in the league anymore. I don't think any game is easier, but, you know, when I first came in, there were some veteran teams, and when they played young teams, the young teams had no shot. Now, anytime you step on the floor, you better bring it. Um, and teams are coming after you every single night. It doesn't matter what you did last year or who's on your team, the talent level in the league is at a high level. Like I said, there's great parity. So, you know, if you win two in a row, five in a row, ten in a row, it doesn't matter. The next game, somebody's coming at you with great intensity and preparation. And so you can't get happy on the farm when you're winning games. You have to continue to do the things necessary to win, you know, quarter by quarter. And that's what we're working on now. He's not wrong. And they obviously have more of a target on their back this season after running all the way through the Western Conference yeah. uh, than they did last year. But like last night specifically, that team thought that game was won. There's no way you can watch that game. And I'm not saying Monty Williams, but I'm just saying the players, whether it was the bench guys that came out or the starters when they had to come back in, who clearly were like, I'm already packed up and ready to go home, yeah. and now I have to come back in and finish this game out. And I'm not even putting it on the starters. I mean, the bench, which has played well at times this season, just couldn't hold a lead you're not supposed to extend the lead just hold the lead when you go out there and uh and they obviously didn't last night you know one of the things i love though luke is the suns came out of the tunnel on fire in that second half they really did they they scored 14 points before the kings scored a point (laughs) think about that right there the kings didn't score until the 653 mark of the third quarter that was the first points they scored they came out they were on point and the best part of the game to me last night was the defense that they played in that third quarter. 
it reminded me of last year. Yeah. It reminded me card of, this of team. what they yeah. could do. They could always shut it down on the defensive end of the floor. At least it felt that way last year. And, man, they came out and they seized control of this game coming out of the tunnel in that third quarter, and they did it defensively. Yeah, they did. Monty that Williams felt familiar. That their third quarters have been, for the most part, pretty good. And we'll get back into this later on, because Monty Williams talked about what you just said. We'll get back into that later on in the show. Uh, when we come back, though, they're 8-1, and one, so is this Cardinals team historically good? We'll tell you next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Fullback and the Thinback. Wolf and Luke Middays. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. Yeah. Does this count as some uh, midday metal? No, not really. Not really? Okay. No, but it, I kind of like the way it started right there. A little rejoin. Uh, looking at the Cardinals and their impressive start, I'll throw out a few numbers for you, Wolf. We won't mention Pro Football Focus, who um, will eventually realize the Cardinals are in the league, but not yet. Not yet. Okay. Uh, ESPN's FPI gives them an 83.2% chance to win the NFC West, which is obviously the highest because <laughs> it's only 100%. Uh, they also give the Cardinals an NFL best 21.2% chance to win the Super Bowl. Wow. And that's just their... Wow. Confusing metric. Okay. So the best chance in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. Um, CBS had CBS had a note talking about the Cardinals' historic start, and it kind of got me to thinking, and you're the perfect guy to talk to about this, is this the best Cardinals team we have seen since they moved to Arizona? Well, okay. Wow. 19, man. 19, 1988. Yeah. 1988 right there was our first year we moved here. Um, I figured you could just go game by game from 1988 I, on. Let me let me just... Re- yes. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> let me just think... Yes. Uh, it's not even close. I think the talent right now... This is the most talented team. That's what I'm willing to say. This is the most talented team that we've ever seen here since the Cardinals moved from St. Louis. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Huh? Yeah, no okay. doubt about it. In, in, offensively and defensively and on special teams as well. I think collectively this is by far and away the most talented team that the Arizona Cardinals have ever had. So what would the other candidates even be? I mean, there's the Super Bowl team and the 2015 team. Yes, exactly. Um, the Super Bowl team, you go back and look at it, that offensive line was about as average as you're going to find. Okay. To get where the Arizona Cardinals got, it's a direct reflection of Graybeard and Larry Fitzgerald in particular going off um, offensively in the postseason. They had a defense that was scrappy, a defense that would hang in there, but they they weren't a great defense by any stretch of the imagination either. That uh, what, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't that the year that Chris Collinsworth called them like the worst team in the playoffs, correct. or the worst wild card team that's ever? Exactly or something right. Like that. Okay. Yes, nine and seven is a matter of yeah. fact. So I mean, that's a candidate because they did go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and the 2015 team was pretty talented, and that's the team that uh, went to the NFC Championship and finished 13 and three. Yeah, but um, you know, just in terms of what they have on paper and the fact that they're already eight and one, it's um, this is what kind of struck me. So at some point in the 49ers game, Wolf, 
the stakes have been raised so high on this season now that this season's either going to end with a, just an excruciating, painful loss or a Super Bowl. That, I mean, those are really the, the two options for this season. And that's what you want. Like, you want to get to the point where, you know, who wants to get to the point where it's like, well, we won our last game of the regular season, then we all went our separate ways. That was yes, awesome. Like, right. no, no, that's not what you want. It's, you're either going to lose. Did you just go with the little voice right there. I tried to go with a little, little voice. Little, little, okay, that yeah. was interesting. I've never seen I'm working on some stuff. Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Um, Keep trying. I, I, yeah, I will. Uh, that's why I have the show, is to work these things out. The fact that you're at that level where the season's going to either end with a loss that we're talking about in the playoffs and we're talking about it for years and years, or it's going to end with the Super Bowl and you're going to be holding up the Lombardi trophy. I don't know that there's a, a, a more telling feeling about a team. That's how the season's going to end. Yeah. It's either going to be brutal or amazing. No, I'm with you on that. And once again, how good are the Arizona Cardinals? How good are they right now? It's interesting because, of course, the power polls are coming out right now, based on as you well know. The power polls are coming out. The NFL.com power poll just dropped out there. And it's interesting because the Arizona Cardinals are number one. And that really isn't a big surprise. But three teams, three teams the Arizona Cardinals have beaten appear in the top 10 of this power poll. That see <laughs> three. <laughs> All right? Um this is math. That describes this team better this, than any other stat. This becomes math at this point. The Cleveland Browns were ranked number 10. Okay, how they're ranked number 10 honestly right now, 5 and 4. Um maybe it's just because they feel like they are turning it around without OBJ. Completely turning it around, I don't know, but they have played very, very well without OBJ, and they've done that over the years, as a matter of fact. But they're number 10. You got the Rams at number 7, and then the Tennessee Titans, I believe, are number 3. They've beat three top 10 teams in the Power Bowl. They're number 1. The only one-loss team in the universe, of course, as we know. This is also a team, my brothers, that is and 5-0 on the road. And look at the road games they've played. 5-0 and on the road, and I mean beat-down teams on the road. Four very impressive road wins. Tennessee in Week 1, the Rams in Week 4, the Browns in Week 6, and I would say San Francisco uh, on Sunday. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's you know putting together a, a, an end-of-the-year highlight video of how they beat Jacksonville. But Correct. they beat Jacksonville too. Correct, <laughs> and it's good that they're good on the road, Wolf, because this is the year they play an extra road game. They got they still have four left, even after going five and zero. Yeah, here's some more math that says the Arizona Cardinals are a great football team. They're number five offense in the league in terms of generating yards. Number five, they're number two scoring offense in the league in terms of generating points. Number five, number two, top five in anything is elite. You are doing something at an elite level. The Arizona Cardinals offensively are elite, period. They're the number four defense in the league in terms of yards allowed. Number four. And they're the number three scoring defense in the league. (laughs) Once again, put these things together. How good are the Arizona Cardinals playing right now? How good are they? I'm giving you math, ladies and gentlemen. Math. This is uh, here. Maybe this will, will will illustrate just how good they are. When this guy gives the Cardinals credit, you know they're playing well. This is Keyshawn Johnson. Number one. 
The Red Sea. I didn't ask you to say anything. Sorry. This is my segment. Sorry. The Arizona Cardinals are number one. <laughs> yes. They can now clown me, scream at me, bother me on social media. I don't give a damn. The Arizona Cardinals are number one. Not having top receivers in A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins at full health and in the lineup. But they figured out James Conner in the backfield. They also figured out, hey, we can win with Colt McCoy. We also can dominate the San Francisco 49ers with the all-world head coaching Kyle Shanahan. And might I say, Mighty Mouse did not play. Kyler Murray was not playing. In fact, he wasn't even dressed. Was and they DeAndre. still went out there and took care of business. And I said, not having DeAndre and A.J. Green in the lineup is still one. By the way, that guy who jumped in at the very beginning and yeah. interrupted Keyshawn was uh, Jay Williams, who will be on with us in about a half hour. Yeah, that's going to be cool right there. And no, number one, think about this, Arizona Cardinals as well, number one in point differential in the football universe. Number one, 122 plus 122. That is a They are the number. best football team in the football universe. I'm trying to get some context for what that would look like last season okay so you're, you're plus 122 you said right so let's just you know project it out for just for the sake of doing it that sure. would be plus 244 over a 16 game season if you played like that the whole way the best differential last year was plus 165 was uh was baltimore actually wow. the saints were 145 the packers were 140 tampa bay who won the super bowl eventually was plus 137 see once again this is just cold hard math these are numbers and when the tape backs up the numbers, man, it is a good, good feeling. If you're Steve Keim and you're Cliff Kingsbury, you're an Arizona Cardinal fan, you're part of the Red Sea, whatever it may be right now, you should feel really, really good about the numbers because the tape is there. The eyeball test is there. The numbers, the math Supporting a great football team right now. Yeah, I think that's important to add on. They, they passed the eye test, too, on top of the numbers. Now, I do want to play this clip real quick before we hit the break. This is Steve Kime from Flight Plan, August 26th, okay? So they haven't played a game yet at this point. It's the way this team has come together and gelled as a unit. Uh, it, it's one thing as amassing talent, but that team has to become a team in the locker room, on the field. Once we can do that, you know, I have a tremendous feel for this team. When you look at the, the quality of the talent, from top to bottom, I really, truly in my heart of hearts believe that this is probably the best team we've had since the 2015 season. The unknown is us coming together as a football team. But because of the type of people in that locker room, I have a tremendous amount of confidence. Well, he was right so far. I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season. That was from August 26th, and they are 8-1 and one since then. Yeah, once again, we were talking about this very thing in regard to the Phoenix Suns, and it's so true. Talent is awesome. It really is. Talent is great. But what made the Suns so lethal last year was their toughness. They were tough, and they played defense, and they balled out. Talent is fantastic, but you've got to have both you got to have toughness and talent. You're not going to win. If you're, if you're competing at a professional level, you're not going to win if you just have toughness. You can be the toughest tough there ever was. And guess what? You're going to be tough, and you're going to bloody a lot of noses, a lot of faces, and you're going to lose because you need talent. It's the combination of talent and toughness that matters. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, could Odell Beckham Jr. be headed to the NFC West? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 
Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Let's go around the NFL here for a little bit. Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, is obviously not on the Cleveland Browns anymore, so he is out there for teams to claim him. And if you want to shoot down a rumor, Wolf, you probably don't respond to them with, uh, quote, you'll see, unquote. But that's how Pete Carroll responded to the rumors that are swirling that the Seahawks are going to go out there and get Odell Beckham Jr. You'll see. You'll see. And they gave like a (laughs) Pete Carroll smile. And I'm assuming he ate like seven packs of gum after that. That is fantastic right there. That is so Pete Carroll, is it not? It really is. You'll see. It's like when Cliff Kingsbury says, stay tuned, or you'll have to watch the game. Yeah. It was kind of like one time I was actually I was living in my house, Basinonians, and actually needed an electrician, and my neighbor was an electrician, and I walked down to him, and I said, hey, listen, you know what? I've got a little job in the kitchen that maybe um, you'd like to come over and take a look at, and he looked at me, and he said, we'll see. <laughs> and and I said, no, no, I, I'm just wondering if, you know, could you come over on Saturday and I'd be willing to pay you, of course. Could you come over and take a look at it? And he, he looked at me again and he smiled, Luke, and he said, we'll see. That's, I kid you not. So I called him, we'll see <laughs> from that day forward. We'll see. He never answered my question if he'd come over and look at it. Did he ever come over and look at it? The second time. No. The yeah. second time I just. I walked away. Yeah, that that would that based on the way you told the story, I would assume. See, that feels more like when Pete Carroll says, "Oh, you'll see." It's kind of like, okay, so you are looking at Odell Beckham. Right. We're just not sure if you're going to sign him. And when your electrician neighbor tells you, "We'll see," yes. he's just blowing you off. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. So Pete Carroll, just to be accurate, said, "You'll see." You'll see. And my neighbor said, "We'll yeah. see." Yeah, and I think that's where the differentiation is drawn. If it's already like, "We'll see," but I'm saying that so I kind of know that I'm not going to fix your electricity. <laughs> Whereas "You'll see" is like, "Hey, you'll have to stay tuned." Yes, exactly. No, I'm 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 with you on that, man. But it was just weird. That I, is I think strange. they're both strange responses right there from Pete Carroll. But I think we we all know that that's Pete Carroll for the most part. So he is going to give you a strange response from time to time. "You'll see" is. Certainly strange, and so was we'll see. Have you been living in darkness since then, or did you get somebody else to fix it? No, as a matter of fact, that was an old home. It was over a decade ago. Okay. So it's been fine. Yeah, Somebody absolutely. Came through it's fine. It. Yeah, no, no problems whatsoever. You're worried about that. <laughs> well, it's just, I see. I didn't know if, to know if we actually got that fixed in the kitchen. Yes, to answer your question, I had to call uh, somebody else, and they came in and they fixed it. But They didn't we'll say see. we'll see? Yeah, we'll see. You wanted nothing to do with it. <laughs> that would have been funny if you called somebody else, and they're like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Wolf, I feel like you would have liked living with like oil lamps, like it's like medieval times or something. You know what? Honestly, an oil lamp, I, the smell, I think, would bother me. But some torch hanging from a wall, <laughs> that right there, I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> Look, you're in a position now where you can do that if you really want to. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> well, but I mean, not in that relatively, you know, you, you, yeah, you're right. Your wife yeah, would never right. allow such a thing. No way. Why would she? That would be, that'd be crazy. Yeah, right. Um, all right. So. Back to the Seahawks, do they even really, like, is Odell Beckham Jr., does that fit on the Seahawks? They already no, have receivers. It does not. Honestly, right now, DK Metcalf, of course, Tyler Lockett. That's they, plenty. They don't need OBJ. No. They don't need a guy like OBJ to come in there and suddenly say, give me the ball. 
Um, no, I, I don't see that happening at all, which is probably what Pete Carroll meant when he said, you'll see. What they need is offensive line help and a defense that looks a lot more like the the Legion of Boom from a few years ago. Odell Beckham, I don't know where this guy's going to land because it seems like he it only makes sense for a team that is close to yeah. add him, but also a team that has the locker room where he won't be a distraction. I love, did you see his, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a demand, but his quote of like, well, I only want to go to a contender. Like, yeah, everybody only wants to go to a contender, yeah. Odell. Right. Nobody wants to play for Detroit. Detroit doesn't want to be 0-8 right now sure. or whatever they are. <laughs> I just love how you're like, I, I talked my way out of Cleveland. I'd like to move up now, please. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, have you seen the numbers on Baker Mayfield and how that offense plays without OBJ? Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What is that all about? Honestly, what is that? Baker, are you telling me you, you've been trying to force the ball to OBJ? Trying to force it because you know he wants it and demand. I, I don't know, but I got what a stark contrast it is when they don't have OBJ. Man, I'll tell you what, the Cleveland Browns, here we go. Maybe that's one of the reasons why they're in the power poles and they're shooting up the charts now because of how well they played without OBJ. Um, but man, when they play with them, now all of a sudden they're average. Without him, they're big time. Uh, let's get back into that Monday night game last night. We were talking about this earlier in case you missed it. Uh, Cassius Marsh got called for taunting, and I'm still not really... I mean, first of all, he did some ridiculous kick that I'm pretty sure I couldn't do, but uh, it was it was clearly a situation where the official was just like, I, I think what he's doing is taunting. He didn't get called, I don't think, for the kick. He got called for walking towards the, uh, the Steelers' sideline. And we were talking about this at the start of the show, Wolf, where taunting is an issue you've basically put it in a spot now where these guys the the officials essentially control the game after big plays and that's the exact opposite of what you want to happen isn't it like yes. if you watch that play last night there is no there's no Ben Roethlisberger looking for a penalty he got sacked Cassius Marsh celebrated next play and instead, they call a penalty on it, and it ends up flipping. I'm not saying Chicago would have won, but it ends up flipping everything around after that. Yes, you know, you, you've got to come up with some hard, fast rules for this taunting. You do. You know it when you see it, though, right? We all would say we know it when we see it. I can tell you right now, I, taunting, back when I was playing, <laughs> oh, my goodness, you came out onto the field, and, and people were talking trash before the play, during the play, and after the play. <laughs> Just constant. Just constant. <laughs> Constantly. During the play? Trash. Oh, my goodness. I kid you not. It, it happened all the time. I may be, embe- may be embellishing a little bit here I just to make a are. point, but I can tell you, taunting, Yeah, I mean, you had to do something really, really bad, really bad to get hit with any type of taunting. Or Back then, it would be a personal foul penalty, unsportsmanlike conduct is what it would be back then. Um, Right now, they better get a handle on this. And the reason being is because, would you say gambling is involved now in the National Football League? It seems like a couple people out there might be dabbling in it. Can you imagine if, in fact, this is going to start costing people money? Costing people games. Yeah, I didn't even think about. It. I, I I thought about what you had said earlier. What if this cost a, a team a playoff call? game? Yeah. Oh, dude, that was taunting. You you're op- the league is opening itself up to 
all sorts of criticism and speculation about fixing games based on a taunting call. I, I, I'm just telling you, you, you got to be careful with that. You better come up with some hard, fast um, uh, rules in regard to how you're going to enforce taunting instead of this, well, he said he called him this or he called him that. I'll find the exact quote before the next time we talk about this, but the, the quote from the official was essentially, I'm paraphrasing, I felt like he was he was saying something to them. Like, it yes. wasn't even like he said this, and yes. that's why. So it's right. like, okay, how, how many... How many steps right. are we going to take this where you're like, eh, it kind of felt like he was not happy with them when he walked over there. So 15 yards. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, 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 we're not. That's not. Is, is, this, is this the fix? Is the fix in? You, I'm just telling you right now, the NFL, the league has got a big problem. they got to do something about this. A problem they created, and that's fine, I guess, but now you need to step in and fix it once you create the problem. All right, coming up next, we'll take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boys. All right, time for lunch a little bit early on a Tuesday because Jay Williams is coming up at noon. So Aaron Maloney is here with today's top stories. Aaron? So the Phoenix Suns played a strong three quarters of basketball in Sacramento before nearly fumbling away a 22-point lead in the fourth. Here's Devin Booker after the game. You see what happened. Um, you know, they got some confidence and, you know, started making shots. We were turning the ball over and, you know, they're back into it. Crowd got involved and, you know, they had the momentum. You know, you can take your lessons in, in a win, but, you know, we have to learn how to just put teams away. You know, we've had multiple opportunities this year to step on teams and, and get the game over with and failed to do so. So, you know, that's a point of emphasis for us moving forward. Your reaction to what you saw from the Suns last night? Man, the starters hit the off button. They did. Yeah. And they were not ready emotionally or physically to come back in the game. And we all could see that. The Suns blew their bench, blew a 24-point lead. And over the last five minutes, the starters came back in, and they could not score a basket. Now, I'm firing for effect right here, but they looked absolutely awful. The intensity was down the talent was there, but the intensity was way down, and they almost lost the game because of it. Yeah, anytime you get outscored 28-11 to 11 in the fourth quarter, you're going to find yourself in some trouble, even if you win. And the Suns did win, so I mean, what? What do you always say, Wolf? It's better to be able to teach after a win. But no you can, doubt. You can still point and say, okay, but this is obviously, this was almost very embarrassing, so uh, you can't do that again. Uh, look, I mean, they've won five in a row, but uh, that was, they got some stuff to work on. The Arizona Cardinals are 8-1 and one following their win over the 49ers as the Cards now have an 83.2% chance at winning the NFC West, according to ESPN's FPI. Here's Dave Pash from Bigley Marotta yesterday. I said this, guys, you know, a couple weeks ago after I'd seen, maybe it was last week, after I'd seen all the other one-loss teams, doesn't mean the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I that's the best team I've seen. I've seen them all pretty much in person, including some of the games I've done for Westwood One. The Cardinals are the best team in the league right now. So, Wolf, you played for the Cardinals when they moved to Phoenix. You've been an analyst for the Cardinals. Sure. Is this the best Cardinals team 
since they moved to Arizona. Man, oh my goodness. You know what, talent-wise. Was it better than one, than the one you were on? <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. What, look at that. <laughs> I love how what wolfing a, down your lunch has just turned kid. into hey, shots. Hey, you just said that you're an expert um, in losing when you were in the league. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with your time with the Browns. Boy, I like it. Now you're piling on, <laughs> no, Mel. I'm taking okay, the words out of your mouth. <laughs> yes. Listen, I, I do believe this is the most talented as I ignore you, Maloney. This is the most talented Arizona Cardinal team ever. Since we showed up here in 1988, this is without a doubt the most talented team ever that has been here. But talent doesn't mean you're going to go and win games and get into the postseason and make a ton of noise. Um, I think of the Super Bowl team. I think a 9-7 and seven and the fact that, okay, they weren't very talented, but man, did they play fantastic when they got into the postseason. They got to a Super Bowl, and they had an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. That's how good they were. Um, Talent? Yeah, this is the most talented team I've ever seen here. Uh, Team and winning it all? That remains to be seen. It did feel like, though, this weekend... Because I, I I think I fall into that trap of having that hesitation of like, okay, but it's the local team. Are they really the best team in the NFL? And... I think we all felt that coming into this weekend, but to see them do what they did against the 49ers while Dallas is losing to Denver and Buffalo is losing to Jacksonville and Green Bay. I know they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers is kind of all over the place this year. I felt like there was some separation this week more than any other week. Kyler Murray's status for Week 10 is still up in the air. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. I don't have a feel for it yet. Um, We liked the way he progressed through the week. Definitely improved, Uh, but we'll have to see um, how he looks. We get back out there on Wednesday, and hopefully he can he can operate and function and, and do his deal. But I really don't have a feel for it right now. You're the Cardinals' head coach. Are you throwing Kyler Murray out there in Week Ten? Now he's got to be 100, percent which I know that no quarterback probably is 10 weeks into the season. I just I see an opportunity here that I think you could look back on at the end of the year and be like, oh, the Cardinals won the Super Bowl. Why is that? Well, while other teams were getting beat up, they were getting healthy, still winning. And then heading into a bye week. Yeah, if Kyler Murray is ready to go, I'm going to play Kyler Murray. If he is 100%, I'm going to play Kyler Murray. I would have done it last week as well. But right now, if he's not 100%, and I don't think he's going to be 100%, I'm not going to play him. You're playing a Carolina team that has lost five of their last six. You're playing at home in front of the Red Sea. Um, You're 8-1. You just beat a division rival with your backup quarterback. Why would you rush Kyler Murray back from any injury whatsoever when you're playing a team that is struggling mightily and you're playing at home and you feel really confident about your team and still winning a game even if Kyler doesn't play? Yeah, I'm not going to play him. Well, and don't you think Hassan Reddick will have like an extra edge? Don't you think he'll want to get a sack? He's doing it every game this season. Yeah, so let's just keep Kyler on the bench in week 10. (laughs) And also tell Colt you can go out there and get hit by Hassan Reddick. Or you know what we could do? We could just line up Marcus Golden across from him. (laughs) Let Marcus Golden play tackle. (laughs) The Browns officially placed wide receiver Odell Beckham on waivers, and according to reports, OBJ would like to play for the Seahawks. So is the feeling mutual? Here's Pete Carroll. Uh, you'll have to wait and see how we how this all goes. But um, at this time, um, you know, I, I don't know. I've been on the practice field. I don't know what's going on with any. As you as you would think, um, we're aware of what's going on, and we've been involved to, to understand it and competing to, to know what's happening. Um, 
and uh, we'll let you know as it, as it all happens. Yeah, wait. <laughs> Are you done, Pete? So I didn't say yes or I didn't say no, but that's just because <laughs> you'll see. <laughs> oh, my goodness, you'll see. Oh, That sounded wow. like his last press conference with USC. Oh, my goodness. What exactly did he say, guys? I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, he, he was trying to speak median. He just obfuscation comes to mind. Wow, obfuscation. Why didn't you use that in the wide world of words? <laughs> you got to save those words. Man, stop critiquing my broadcast, Luke. <laughs> that way it deflects away from me. That's a, it's a classic uh, defense mechanism. I don't know what he said, Maloney. He said, you'll see, I guess. You'll see. Eventually That's at the what end. it came down to right there, honestly. Uh, I don't know where they'd find room for OBJ in that offense right now. That's just me. ASU men's basketball will open their season tonight against Portland. Tip-off will be at 5 o'clock over on ESPN 620. So what are your expectations for ASU hoops this season? Boy, I uh, <laughs> at least the tournament. I mean, for the last couple of years, I've been saying get in the tournament and win a couple games. And now they've lost seemingly all their players. Well, not all of them. That, that's, I guess that's, that's a little <laughs> extreme. <laughs> but they lost a lot of players. They just showed Remy Martin lining up for Kansas on one of the TVs in here, which I, I can't wrap my brain around that. At least make the tournament, honestly, ideally win a game. Yeah, honestly, to me right now, I have no idea what to expect from ASU and men's hoops. I have no idea. Love Bobby Hurley. Huge Bobby Hurley fan. Um, but right now, where they're going to be and how they're going to play, it's a prove-it mentality that I'm going to adopt in the Wolfley compound. Arizona State ended a two-game losing streak Saturday with a refreshing 31-16 victory over USC. With their sixth win of the year checked off, the Sun Devils became bowl eligible with three games remaining. Here's ASU head coach Herm Edwards with Bickley and Murata. Great team effort. Uh, I thought um, adversity uh, hit a couple times and... Um, we stared it in the face and continued to play and compete. And I think that was the message going into this week. Uh, we needed to get back to that. When some things go go bad, you got to fight through it. And I thought, for the most part, uh, players did a great job of that. What did you see from ASU against USC, besides the Fox? <laughs> that was that was maybe the highlight of the season, to be honest, that Fox running around, uh, which I'm convinced I've seen on ASU's campus in the past. But uh I saw in that game what I was hoping and kind of expected to see against Washington State the week before. And you see how they can just go out there and hand the ball to Rashad White and win. You're like, okay, well, then why didn't you do this a couple other times? I, the, the thing, though, Wolf, is they may very well still finish with the best record of the Herm Edwards era because he's gone 7-6, and 8-5, and five and 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. You know, once again, it was the ability to run the ball. It was the difference in this game, and I would say in particular in between the tackles. I... For me, watching them, watching Rashad White run the ball, um, what's wrong with Chip Trainum? That's what I'll continue to ask right now, putting the ball on the ground the way that he is. I love Chip Trainum, a huge Chip Trainum fan. As a matter of fact, earlier in the season, I was saying this is a different team when Trainum is out on the field, and they were a yeah. different team. Oh, right I now, completely I have no agreed. idea what is going on, but... This is a team that needs to get back to being intentional and going out and playing malicious football. We'll see if they're capable of doing it the rest of the way because we certainly have seen them be incapable of doing it. We need to have Marcus Golden give him a pep talk about nasty football. Another lecture like he was giving everybody on uh, Sunday. 
All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. Coming up, what do the Suns need to do to get back to the Western Conference Finals? We're going to talk to ESPN's Jay Williams next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.